that's it for the big recruiting rundown. Um, it's just going to get more and more intense, I think, from here on out as as the summer hits. But we're going to talk about some preseason top 25 stuff. Rich, I'm going to read you the Sporting News top 25, okay? And then you and I are going to both give our own personal top 10. Now, here's here's what I want to do, though, because I, I, I don't want to just rehash old news because this is a couple days old. I, what I want to do is I'm going to just go down and read you the read them in order, and then all you got to do is say, that surprises me or shocked or whatever, okay. Okay. if you think one's out of order, okay? All right, here we go. Number one, that Clemson. That surprises me. I'm kidding. I didn't even start it. Clemson Tigers get number one. Ohio State Buckeyes get number two. At number three, you got the Alabama Crimson Tide. That was your first opportunity. You didn't take it. Number four. I'm not, I'm not surprised okay. by that. Number four, Georgia Bulldogs. I'm a little surprised by that. Number five, the defending national champions, LSU Tigers. Number six. Oh, good. They could be lower, but that, they're okay. They they lost an entire NFL roster, but whatever. Uh, number <laughs> number six, the Oregon Ducks. Number seven, you got Oklahoma. Number eight, Notre Dame. Nada, huh? Number nine, Penn State. You can tell by my pregnant pauses. That's what I'm expecting. I know, I know. Uh, you got the Florida Gators rounding out the top ten. That surprises me. Okay. Uh, Auburn Tigers, number eleven. Minnesota, you don't have to pause so long. Minnesota, Minnesota, number 12. Texas Longhorns, number 13. At number 14, you got the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Number 15, Michigan Wolverines. Number 16, Wisconsin Badgers. Number 17, Texas A&M. Number 18 is going to be Utah. Number 19, wow. Mac Brown and the North Carolina Tar Heels. Number 20 is Cincinnati. 21, Arizona State, 22, Louisville, 23, Kentucky, 24, UCF, and the Boise State Broncos ran out the top 25 at number 25. Now, um, we'll have plenty of opportunity to comment on this because we're going to do our top 10. But before we get there, because neither of these teams are going to be in my top 10, and I doubt either of them will be in your top 10. So here's my question to you, Texas and Oklahoma State. I believe Oklahoma State is the second best team in the Big 12 going into this season. When you look at what they've got offensively, they are where Texas had hoped to be a year ago where you've got receivers for days. You've got probably one of the best running backs in the nation in Chuba Hubbard. And then you've got a quarterback going into his second year who really showed a lot of promise in his first year. Whereas Texas, you got the name brand of Texas. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. You you lost your you lost your, your good receivers. You lost well, you never really had a running back, so you're hoping you have one this year. You've got a quarterback who has a lot of hype around him, but has done very little in terms of college football accomplishments, other than the fact that he plays for the University of Texas. Can you make an argument for Texas being ahead of Oklahoma State, or would you agree that the Cowboys should be the second best team in the Big 12? I do agree that the Cowboys should be the be- the second best team in the Big 12 in these preseason rankings, but I also see that Texas at the quarterback position has experience, something that Oklahoma State does not have. Spencer Sanders is going into his second season. After an injury. Yeah, but he got a lot of experience before then. Okay. To each his own. Okay, we'll, we'll see. Agree I mean, to disagree. He, he played in Austin. I mean, right. And and like I said, Matt, it's it's not. So a, that's fine. So you're going with Texas. I'm saying Oklahoma State is deserving because I believe. But who would you go? You you could only have one. I, not, I'm going. I'm going Oklahoma State. Oh, okay. All I mean, the way. I thought you were arguing against me. No, and and the reason is you look at the talent. You've you've 
pinpointed what's on the offensive side of the ball. Tylen Wallace, I know, had that injury as well, but he's going to be potentially mm-hmm. the best receiver in the Big 12 once again. Yeah. Needless to say, you've also got to look at the the defensive side of the ball, and Oklahoma State is a very opportunistic defense, and they've had uh, Peel, Howard Peel? Harvey. Harvey, thank you. Um, had an incredible season last year. I'm expecting him to pick up and anchor this defense. All of a sudden, it looks like a, something's brewing in Stillwater. They're they're going to be a formidable. They're force. they're going to be scary good on offense. I'm glad Bedlam is in Norman this year, but they're going to be scary on offense. And and really, you know, Mike Gundy is going to be the guy that, um, you know, how he calls plays in big games. That's going to be the deciding factor, I think, to how good Oklahoma State is actually going to and be. And turnovers. And, and turnovers, but I, I'm putting more pressure on Mike Gundy. Okay, so we're going to start with our top ten. We're going to start with number one, and we're going to work our way down. I said this to you off the air. I don't know if you were messing with me or not. We're about to find out. But I said we're going to go from one to ten because it's obvious across the board Clemson's the top team in the country. Now, you – Push back on that. But again, I didn't know if you were joking or not. So here we go. Here's your chance. Clemson's my number one. Agree or disagree? My number one is also Clemson. Okay. The Clemson Tigers. Returning Trevor Lawrence, obviously a Heisman candidate. Potentially the front runner there. I know that there are other candidates who are, are going to be almost neck and neck at the beginning of the season. But you like skill position wise, a guy like Travis Etienne being in the backfield here. And he could have easily gone in the NFL draft. Exactly. The thing about Clemson is there are no glaring holes. There are no major issues that they have to address heading into the season. Their experience, they've been in the college football playoff four out of the last five years. I'm expecting them to be there once again. Yeah, and Justin Ross is the guy you didn't mention as well on on that. Uh, I, I think it's, it's hands down. Honestly, going into the season, it's Clemson and everybody else. That's the right. way I look and, at it. And the anchor for that argument for me is the defensive line that Clemson possesses. We've known, we've known just how good that defensive line can be under a guy like Brent Venables. It's going to be up to snuff once again this year. Right. Okay, so number two for you is probably going to be the same as me. But go ahead. My number two um, is Ohio State. And judging by oh, your no, reaction. no, I have Minnesota at number two. Judging by your reaction, you wanted me to wait or you wanted me to say something about Alabama. I'm guessing that's your number two, but Ohio State. No, actually, Ohio State's my number two okay. as well. High-powered offense, Ryan Day being at that university has basically transformed the way that the program has been run on the offensive side of the ball. And it's in a very pleasing way to those who are fans of the Buckeyes. The one thing that is a knock for Ohio state for me and what keeps them out of that number one position is their losses on the defensive side of the ball. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they've got three returning starters on the defensive side of the ball. And the biggest loss of all of those is undoubtedly chase young. Yeah, Chase Young gone. They're going to try to fill on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to try to fill J.K. Dobbins' shoes with Trey Sermon. And, you know, as an Oklahoma fan, I'm wishing Trey Sermon nothing but the best unless he plays Oklahoma. Right, and, and the pressure won't be, in my opinion, as big on the running back this year because Justin Fields has that year under his belt. Right, and then Jeff Okuda is a guy that they're going to they're going to miss as well. I I think Ohio State's pretty good, and and I, I this is who I would pick to play in the national championship as of right now. If I had to put money right now on who's going to be the national championship, it's these two schools. I just think Clemson's that much better, though. That's just the the way I, I look at this. Number three, I've got I've got the defending champions, and and my my rule has always been, and here's the reason why I see your face. 
my rule has always been you're you're if you're the defending champion, you're number one until somebody knocks you off. Well, clearly, LSU is nowhere near Clemson or Ohio State as far as how good these rosters are going to be. But my next four guys, my next four teams. So there's Clemson, Ohio State, and then the next tier down, the next four are all replacing the quarterback. They're all replacing key position players and so forth. And so I don't, I'm telling you right now, LSU will not be the number three team in the nation when it's all said and done with, but I'm at least giving them credit right now. When you look at what the next lineup, next line of characters are going to be, I'm going, I'm going to give the national champions their due and say, I usually say you're number one until you knock someone knocks you off. Well, you're number three until someone knocks you off. <laughs> I am not giving them that same sense of grace in the assessment. LSU Texas is going to be huge, by the way, if that game gets to get played in September. All right. Huge. At, at number three, I've got Alabama. I get that you you lose a guy like Tago Vailoa. You have a disappointing season by not appearing in the college football playoff. Something that I don't think has ever happened to Alabama since the inception mm-hmm. of the college football playoff. The defense wasn't quite up to par with previous years, giving up, I believe it was five, roughly five more points per game. Granted, they're only giving up 18, so not even not even three touchdowns throughout the year. That's where the questions are going to remain. I think even though you lose a guy like Tua, you lose Jerry Judy, you lose Henry Ruggs, Alabama's got one of the best offensive lines in the country, and that's what they're going to rely heavily on Mm -hmm. as they enter this upcoming season experience though at the running back. So it is the, I don't have any real major concerns, but that question is, can they reload and get back to where they were in previous years on the defensive side of the ball? Because they certainly have the talent to do so, and they've got the defensive mind to put them in a position to be successful each and every year. Yeah, Dylan Moses is going to be the guy to watch on the defensive side of the ball for Alabama. Najee Harris is going to be the key to that. You talked about the offensive line. They're going to ride that offensive line and Najee Harris. Mm -hmm. They lost their top two receivers to the NFL. And then, I mean, how much confidence do you have in Mac Jones? And that's, that's the thing it's going to come down to. At some point, Mac Jones is going to have to win a game for them can he do that? And that's why there's a lot of question marks around the University of Alabama because you had you've had received uh, quarterbacks for the last four years who were synonymous with making those big plays to win games, and we haven't seen that from Mac Jones. Granted, he right. very small sample size last season, but I've got Alabama at number four. You got him at number three. I do have him at number so three. So there's my number four. So you yep. go ahead and go into and, your number and four. Just that quick little ending statement about Alabama is this is where the years and years of top recruiting classes begins to have to earn its keep oh, yeah. at Alabama yeah. because we're we're on the precipice of a change happening. That dynasty could potentially crumble if the ship isn't righted. There's a lot of good teams in the SEC and a lot of those who are looking to crack that college football playoff just like LSU did last yeah. year by bumping Alabama out. At number four, this might come as a surprise, and I really, really tried not to put this team at number four, but I just couldn't help myself, and that's the Oklahoma Sooners. Oh, wow. Despite a new quarterback, you still have talent in Spencer Rattler, who everyone believes is going to be the starter. You have, again, one of the best offensive lines in the country with a proven running back in Kennedy Brooks, as well as a stable of options behind him to rely upon as Spencer Rattler gets used to the speed of the game. But with his athleticism, 
with his ability to move and throw on the run, I think Oklahoma remains fairly successful. Uh, I would say that they would even be more successful or at least on par with what Jalen Hurts put up this past year. And that's no slouch of a season for Jalen Hurts. Outside of that, (laughs) we've mentioned it. We'll continue to talk about it. All the questions are on the defensive side of the ball. Can this defense take that next step, overcome this hurdle that has been their Achilles heel for so long and begin to actually punish teams when it matters most, when those opportunities arise. We can take last year, for example, how many passes when lobbed up into the air went in and out of the hands of a a defensive player for Oklahoma? One, two, okay, maybe 10 too many. Oklahoma's got to capitalize on those. That's the hurdle I want them to get over. That's the turning point. If they can do that, definitely worthy of that number four spot for me. All right, well, I've got, I'm going to keep leading you right now because of the way these things are stacking up. I've got the University of Oklahoma at number five. I was trying to think, how can I do a non-homer pick? And really, I, you, you make him – what the difference between you and I is where I put LSU at number three, and you chose not to do that. And I mm-hmm. understand that. But I've got Oklahoma at number five, and, and I, I like Kennedy Brooks. I like your comment about Kennedy Brooks. There's a lot of conversation going into this season about Chuba Hubbard at Oklahoma State being the top running back in the Big 12. But this is going to be possibly the the most we've ever seen of Kennedy Brooks in a football season. And I think it's going to be not just a breakout season for him. He's a guy who's already broken out. But it's going to be a season where Kennedy Brooks could really push Chuba Hubbard for that moniker as the best running back in the Big 12. Right. I've got the Sooners at number five. And he will not be splitting as much time, which is what you're he's going to. Yeah, he's going to split time. But, but you've talked about Trey Sermon, obviously transferring to Ohio State. Ramondre Stevenson potentially serving out suspension, that suspension. Right. So really, you're looking at TJ Pledger as that Marcus next guy Major. Up. Yeah, Marcus Major. Exactly. For number five, I'm just going to leap in there. This one's really going to catch you by surprise. I've got the feeling because I put Penn State there. Penn State, in my opinion, best defense in the Big Ten heading into this year. I would not have said that last year, but I am saying that this year. They their one one major problem that they could never solve the riddle to was giving up big plays. Mm -hmm. I think if they can limit those big plays, I think it's something they'll work on. It's something obviously that's going to be emphasized and stretched. But if they can limit big plays, they might upset. Guess who? Ohio State. Why? Because they're not playing in the horseshoe this year. Penn State, not qu- not any question marks for me on the board. I'm just I'm I'm wondering if a team that plays at a slower pace can keep up with some of these high flying offenses that they're going to be paired against. Okay, so give me your number six, then go ahead okay, and lead n- into that. Number six is, is Georgia. For me at this point in time, Georgia, I did want to put extremely high on this list. I argued with myself to put them at number three, but settled on dropping them to number six for a slew of reasons. One of those being, I mentioned this about Alabama. Georgia's in a spot where they've recruited extremely well over the past several years. They've had top five recruiting classes since Kirby Smart arrived on campus. Now that those are the classes that are going to have to earn their keep on the field. There's a lot of changes Going in at Georgia, a new offensive system, not a lot of time to implement it, and they have to break in a new quarterback. That, to me, is a recipe for disaster in a conference that has prided themselves on defense. We're going to see Georgia struggle. 
but I believe they'll get it figured out because they have a top-notch head coach. Well, we saw Georgia struggle last year. Offensively, Georgia struggled a whole lot last year with Jake Fromm. You mentioned the new quarterback, Wake Forest transfer Jamie Newman. It's not that he's just breaking in a new quarterback. This kid's a transfer quarterback, so he hasn't been in your program for one, two, or three years, and now you're getting him a chance to, to jump out there and it's shine. It's not a guarantee that and he'll start. I think it is. Uh, but also Todd Munkin, you gotta you got to put in there mm-hmm. as, as the new right. o- uh, offensive coordinator. I've got Georgia at number six as well. And when I, I talked about the, the teams, really, you know, LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Georgia, all of them replacing quarterbacks, I would say really Alabama and Oklahoma are in, are in better positions than LSU and Georgia when it comes to this topic because Alabama's going with Mac Jones. He's already played for them. Oklahoma's going with Spencer Rattler. He's been on campus for, you know, really. Was the last quarterback we saw of the right. 2019 well, season. It, but the reality is he came in early. Uh, no, he didn't come in early. Sorry, but he came in during the summer and he really caught up and passed Tanner Mordecai through the season leading up to that moment in the Peach Bowl that you're talking about. Oklahoma and Alabama, both in better positions than LSU and Georgia. Again, I'm just giving LSU the benefit of the doubt. I always feel like winning the national championship earns you some credit. And like I said, I've been that guy when I voted, I always vote number one, you know, defending champs until someone knocks you off. So I, but I've got Georgia with you at number six. I've got one of your teams that you've already mentioned at number seven in Penn state. And I'm just going to say this briefly about them. You mentioned defense. I think Penn state could potentially rival Ohio state as the best offense in the big 10. They're loaded at all the skill positions and they've got a healthy offensive linebacker. Working so, the spread in there. Right. So number seven for you is who? Number seven for me is Florida. I believe when you look at the roster and solely based on level of talent, Florida may be the most talented team in the East, which is a huge, a huge statement because of what I just said about Georgia pulling in all these top five recruiting classes under Kirby Smart. But Florida, they've got some things figured out that Georgia doesn't have, which is their offense. You know who the starting quarterback in Trask is going to be once you step onto the field, whenever the season starts. Where where Florida really failed last year for me, granted they had a, one of the top defenses in the country, and we saw that on display time after time after time, but the offensive line never really held up, and there were turnovers from basically every single position imaginable mm-hmm. on the field at any given point in time, which is really weird when you, when you talk about a place kicker fumbling the ball. Not to say that that's what happened, but I, I'm saying there were so many fumbles. It was hard to keep track of, uh, or turnovers. It was hard to keep track of where they were coming from for Florida. Those are the biggest question marks for me, the value of possessions as well as the offensive line. They've got to figure those things out. I I like Kyle Trask. I've got Florida a spot below you at at number eight. Um, Again, I think they're going to be typical SEC team right now. I mean, you got got Dan Mullen there, who is a a traditional diehard for the SEC, meaning I think they're going to be pretty good on, on defense, but there's going to be some question marks as to what they can do offensively. I still think there's going to be some limits there to Florida. They're going to be good. That Florida Georgia game is going to be huge. But I've got them a couple spots back uh, than the Bulldogs at number eight. Uh, Who you got number eight? Number eight is Notre Dame for me. I believe they've put together quite a team, but they've done so quietly. And it's largely because when they run into their major opponents, they've never been able to overcome that hurdle that sits in front of them. That's going to be the exact same case this year. 
four. And, and I'm just going to jump in here and say that's the reason why they're not even in my top mm-hmm. ten. But go it's, ahead. It's hey man, when you get double digit <laughs> wins years. Yeah, I, I got years, you. I got you. You've go got something right. going that's positive. Notre Dame, like I said, I, I just believe they're quietly one of the better teams mm-hmm. in the nation. They're not going to turn heads. They're not going to get the same recognition that some of those like the Clemsons and the Ohio's, excuse me, Ohio States will this year. But they've got something good going on there. They're going to learn a lot about themselves early on as they have usually scheduled and will continue to schedule teams like USC. We know that'll be a good test for them. I believe Clemson is on their their schedule this year. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but we're going to learn a lot about Notre Dame really quickly and whether they're deserving of that number eight top 10 preseason ranking from All me. Right. Give me your number nine then while you're number, at it. Number nine, I did go ahead and place Oregon there. Okay. I know that everybody is going to talk about the quarterback situation when it comes to Oregon because you lose Justin Herbert, but you've got to look at what's around the quarterback. Whoever steps into that role is going to have plenty of playmakers at their disposal. They're playing in a weaker conference, so it's going to allow them time to develop, allow them time to build confidence in themselves, especially if we don't get the non-conference portion of the schedule. So Oregon's at number nine for me, even without Herbert, for that simple reason. Yeah, I've got Oregon at number nine as well, and I'm just going to stick with what you said, bad conference. Uh, I, I have zero confidence, zero faith in the Pac-12. My my final uh, team is you know, okay. If you want me to go ahead with number yeah, ten? Okay, it. I got Minnesota at number ten. The, the uh, I I'm a huge PJ Fleck fan. Um, he's got his entire offense coming back. He's got his team that's bought in to uh, what they did last year. And um, uh, this is a team. I, I know we, we, I talk about conference dominance and and I, I bag on the SEC. And then we've got you know a couple of with Ohio State and Penn State and now Minnesota. I. I'm I'm a huge he has won me over PJ Fleck I'm gonna go and say coach of the year uh, because I I love the mentality that this guy has and the way he's got guys to buy in number ten for me number ten for me is your number three in LSU and I saw that coming yeah and you thought they'd be in the top ten for yeah. me or that I'd leave them out no I thought you'd put okay. them at ten LSU number ten new defensive scheme Bo Pelini coming in there at at uh, Death Valley Death Valley. Yeah, that's 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 the death. There's there's two death valleys. Okay, okay. Because Clemson's yeah, death I valley said as well. That and immediately I thought yeah. Clemson. New defensive scheme, as I've mentioned, Bo Pelini. We've talked at this point in time. Questions at the quarterback position. I'm I'm not as confident in who's going to be that starter as you are. But I know that LSU still has playmakers at the receiver position. They're losing what I would have considered their most versatile and potentially most dangerous weapon in Clyde Edwards Hilaire. When yeah. you when you remove him from the board, I don't know what's going to happen in the backfield for them. Look, uh, I, 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 Coach o, I'm a fan of Coach O, okay, and I, I've always been a fan of Coach O, and and he he got hosed out in California, um, but uh, he cut he captured lightning in a bottle, okay. Last year he captured lightning in a bottle. I don't know that he can do that again this year. Here's why I'm confident on on the starting quarterback. It's going to be the transfer kid because who they got coming in in 21. They 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 want to have a a quarterback competition, and so you you you've got a stop gap at quarterback, much like Oklahoma had with Jalen Hurts and Spencer Rattler coming in for 2020. I just don't. He doesn't have across the board. He doesn't have all the tools that he had this last year. No, it I was a great agree. run. It's going to rival when you look at the number of guys that went to the NFL from LSU. It rivals that what that 2002 Miami Hurricanes team. 
It's one of the greater runs and greater college football teams of all time, but it, it's a one hit wonder when you're talking about LSU. Right. And, and I'm going to venture out because man, this is a, a great, a great post idea. Something that I've seen starting to go around is ranking the national champions uh, over the past 20 years. Now the 2000 national champion in Oklahoma is number 17 on a handful of people's list. Needless to say, LSU, that LSU team of 2019 would easily, very easily be in the top five for me. I, I, I can't argue that. Hey, I'm not going to say they're number one, but top five. Way over time. Uh, thanks so much for putting up with this. He's Rich. I'm Matt. This has been the Sooner Nation Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Boomer Sooner.